I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is WW the show about the reality docudrama that are centered on an average in the heart of the Midlands. But this is one of those special ones for you listeners who deem yourself to be special by going on to Patreon and uh, giving us your hard-earned shillings. Listen to me witter on to uh, the real people behind the voices that we know and love. This week's show is by a newly crowned fan favourite. It's uh, our Susie Rids, or Susie Riddell, who plays Tracy Horribin. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's very nice to be here. So I suppose the first thing is, right, you have to tell us, and I know you've been on the show twice before, three times before, no, twice before, and then we did a Friday show. You have to wind it all the way back, right? And let's not start with a young Kate Aldridge. No. no. Let's start with a, a somewhat shirty, full of just like bravado, um tracy horribin um what was her introduction in into ambridge and what was your introduction to tracy well it was it was 2011 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i got a phone call from julie beckett um who uh still produces um but was uh exec producer at the time and uh she just asked me to if i would want to play this character called tracy horribin and I said, of course, yes, I would love to, uh, thinking it was only going to be a couple of days, you know, she might come back, she might not. Susan Carter's sister, that was that was the draw. So I went along and recorded some scenes and it was their mum's funeral. Um, it was so long, God, it's so long ago. If Jazz are in gym work, why not you and Linda? Yeah, I think Linda, Linda might think she could educate Tracy in some way. Yeah, <laughs> she could assist and direct. Oh, yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> I always forget when I think about you, you've been in the Archers before, that you were actually Kate Aldridge. You know, when Kate is on mic, do you think mm. that's me that is? Or have you completely forgotten that yourself? No, it was so long ago. And Perdita is so, so brilliant. She is so funny, uh, so dry. She's great. She's, no, no, not at all. Don't don't really think about that at all. Um, no. I thought about it the other day when I, you know, because June um, Spencer is, mm-hmm. uh, is a significant birthday this year. So that that reminded me. But it's so it's so long ago, and she's very different now. 
Yeah. What do you what do you remember about that early Kate Aldridge? I remember being terrified. <laughs> but that's <laughs> you. That... I know that was me. Um, Kate was. Yeah, I, I I was intrigued by her because she was so naughty, and it was just so unlike me. We've just been uh, two people having a conversation of which we weaved in and out of the archers, but life, love, and the universe has been a central part. That's been the theme. Good, good. Okay. Thank you for coming on to Dumdy Dum You. That's a pleasure, as always. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime, Royfield. <laughs> This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello. Tis old Grey Whiskers here. Tis a while since I contacted you, so I thought I might send you a dumpy dum. So here I goes then. Dumpy 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 dum dumpy dumpy doo dar dumpy 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 dum dumpy diddly dum. Dumpty diddle oi dumpty diddle oi dumpty diddle oi dum. Dumpty 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 dum. Dumpty diddle oi dum. Well, that's my best effort anyway. So, to all them listeners, don't you forget to go onto that there Patreon thing and give your dollar episode or whatever it is. That'll do fine because that'll help them keep going. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye bye. Bye. Ooh. I forgot. The end should be Dumpty Diddly Dum. Arr. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality lucky drama that has entered an hemorrhage in the heart of the Midlands on the idyllic moonlight swim that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the weed infested bog that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Adam and Ian's skinny dip, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum was from Old Grey Whiskers, reprise from last week, but we do have a new one for next week. But that doesn't mean, folks, that um, you shouldn't send in some others. The new one for next week's rather good, Lucy. But anyway, Lucy, um, if somebody else would like to send us in a Dumpty Dum, how can that be done? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203-0313105. I did that too quick again, didn't I? I get told off. 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to setting me right because I made a bloomer last week, and to Derek for Lone in the Back Bedroom. Uh, the Great British Bake Off is starting again soonish, and Derek is thinking of entering. He's doing lots of revision, he's reading loads of cookery books, and says he's never happier than when he's got his nose buried in Paul Hollywood. Yay! <laughs> On this week's episode, folks, we hear views from old grey whiskers, Ash with a spoon. And we have um, a rather interesting and insightful little piece about storytelling from our Fiona, who's up there in Pennsylvania land. But first, before all the calls, brace yourself. It's the bit we all kind of you all hanker for. It's our Lucy and a week in, because I haven't got the button. Ambridge. 
began the week with the bloody bunting. Oh, come on, guys, leave it alone. Even harassment said it's beyond a joke now. You've beaten it to death. There's no joke left. There was once, but it was a fleeting, ephemeral thing. Now it's a messy pulp on the floor. The thing is, even harassment keeps saying, the amount of time I've wasted on this. Why? Just why have you? No one's asked you to. It's Fallon's bunting, I think, and she doesn't give a toss. Just stop looking for it. In other news, we went totally through the looking glass this week. I don't know if anyone else noticed. Hurtled through out the other side. Want to know how? Here we go. One. If you have to have a secret birthday party you don't want, at the very least, you want someone speaking at your party that actually knows and likes you, like your son (laughs) or your daughter or the strange Scottish man you live with. What you probably don't want, as well as the party itself, because we've already established that you don't want that, is a woman you can't stand and who can't bear you talking about your qualities even after she's come round to your house to talk about a book she hates and you've told her that it's actually better than she thinks. That is a slender reed on which to build a cheering and congratulatory speech. Two, a bucket list should consist of things you want to do, not things your family want you to do. That is not what a bucket list is. Mm. Three, what are the chances of you driving along a deserted country road in the middle of the night and crashing head on into someone only to discover that the person you've hit is your elder brother and your niece and the two people who heard the crash were your gay neighbours who just happened to be skinny dipping in the polluted river next door at that very moment. Oh, it was all cobblers. And talking of bollocks, Peggy's suggestion for Adam and Ian's bucket list was a ball wax. Failing that, that they... (laughs) (laughs) that they both found a nice girl each and settled down. After all, in Peggy's view, there's no such thing as homosexuality. It's just laziness. Jill's freedom of the Brookfield kitchen has been invaded, ironically, by Liberty, who is a good cook. Jill is pretending not to mind, but is secretly plotting how to kill her. Liberty also seems jolly chatty for someone with no voice. I wonder if we'll ever hear her speak or just build up a profile of her based on her chicken casserole making abilities. Mm. It's open farm fiasco soon, and over at Bridge Farm at the hands of Manic Nokasha, they have the agricultural equivalent of the Royal Variety Show. There's a petting zoo, Bert fondling rubber cow breasts, Johnny <laughs> riding the... Mo- <laughs> Johnny sorry, riding- sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Johnny riding the Monties, Helen chasing visitors around the farm with a bread knife if they get the snakes and ladders game wrong. Gronya Weeks making meals out of the Bridge Fresh app, which now Natasha's back mostly features super noodles, and Pat and her amazing performing soup. And what do they have at Brooker's? <laughs> well, Ruth's last words were, well, we can't expect Jill to squat on a straw bale, so it doesn't sound like wholesome family entertainment to me. Actually, this was before we learned that Naughty Leonard is taking Jill away from her natural role as purveyor of carbohydrate to the masses. This breakaway from the family home is really going to come as a big shock to David, who only stopped breastfeeding in his late 40s. Poor old Parpy has been nodding off at school. This is because Mm. Will the Idiot's been taking her out to tuck the pheasants up, but he gets her back in time for her shift as gizzard supervisor at the chicken factory. We are supposed to believe that Alice knows things about heat exchangers and robots. I just can't. I'm sorry. It's not because she's a woman. It's because she's a squeaky moron. She was getting right on my wick until Adam asked her when she was going to have children, whereupon I instantly switched sides and wanted to punch him instead. Adam, you had to go to a different continent to come to terms with being a gay man. And since then, hadn't been able to keep it in your pants for 10 consecutive minutes, having investigated the soft fruit, shall we say, of representatives of most of the lesser known Eastern European countries. 
who were extremely reluctant to consider having a child, got talked into it and still don't sound very enthusiastic. How bloody dare you have a pop at Alice for being circumspect? Although at the moment, even if she decided she wanted 14 children, she wouldn't have much of a chance as Chris is still apparently nursing something (laughs) that looks like a black pudding. (laughs) And then the two big things happened, which were Jimus's party and Ed's Dickensian slide into the workhouse. We met (laughs) Alistair's sister, Fiona. I like her style. She sounds like she smokes 30 a day and would be the first one at the bar to suggest shots. There were lots of other weird-sounding academics and ex-neighbours hanging about, and the music was courtesy of Kiki, whose piano playing sounded like what you hear in the corner of a bar in a cowboy film before the shooting starts. Unsurprisingly, (laughs) Jimus ran away, pausing only to shove harassment in the bloody pond when he started being arch about the bunting again. And then poor old Thomas Hardy Charles Dickens, here we go again, those Grundies never get a break, do they? Ed, he's in too deep. Sinister Tim is starting to sound even more sinister. So much so that I wasn't sure whether the dripping noise we could hear after the crash was actually the leaking fertilizer or Ed himself. So we had a standoff between the two Grundy brothers, the sort of standoff that could only happen with Grundies. I won't tell anyone you've been illegally transporting dodgy chemicals if you don't tell anyone I've been driving around the countryside at night with a toddler and a shotgun. That way, we both know the other one's a cretin, but no one else does. If I was Clary, I'd disown the pair of pillocks. I can see poor old Emma's house vanishing down the plug hole, and all she'll be left with is a book of dreams cut out of magazines and a staggering credit card bill. Please give us something nice, scriptwriters. I don't care what it is, just not bloody bunting. The end. Oh, very poignant end there, there Lucy. But it's so uh, sad. It is. It is. I just feel, I, I do feel bred, and I suppose I should feel some level of compassion for Will, but I just don't like the character, so I don't. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you, you really you know, tugged on the heartstrings, made it poignant. Bravo to you, missus. And, you know, last week we talked mm. about the fact that we just want to spread nice things. Um, in the yes. world. we just like nice things right so i i like with that in mind guess what i did this week did you spread a nice thing well i watched a nice clap? thing you watched a nice thing <laughs> yeah always be my maybe have you seen it no have you heard about it oh no. my gosh you gotta watch it lucy it's a rom-com now i'm the type of rufty tufty bloke that doesn't say that he likes rom-coms normally but it's awesome Right, it's Rifle, on Netflix. You are the least roughy tufty bloke I've ever met. <laughs> oh, come on, Lucy. You make Kenneth Williams look butch. No, <laughs> you are not roughy tufty. <laughs> the very fact that I call myself roughy tufty proves <laughs> I am roughy tufty. <laughs> oh, it's so heartwarming. It's a wonderfully written rom com, and I just said to myself, "This is nice." This is nice shit, right? Nice things happen to nice people. Of course, there's a little bit of dramatic tension and whatever. But, you know. But not too much. In, not too much. Not too much. Not, not too much. But it's just heartwarming. And then the other nice thing that, that I, uh, I gave thanks for was a Beethoven Sonata number 12, A-flat major, uh, which goes into the funeral march. What a lovely piece of music. I'm just surrounding myself with nice things all the time. I'm watching nice things. I just want nice things for the world. That's me. Now, do you know Uh, what, though? I completely... mm. You know, you said last week, I'm going off Twitter because I just can't cope with everyone being angry about everything all the time. 
Yeah. And that really made me laugh and really sort of resonated with me. And I thought that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what's happening. And mm. um, I then found this tweet, which I thought I should read to you because it is Ooh, okay. it was what you said. It's by a guy called Mike Drucker. I've got no idea who he is, but he's verified. So presumably he's a professional funny person. And he said, Twitter is fun because you get to be like, ducks are good. And someone in your mentions will go, um, I'm sorry, but my brother is married to a duck scientist and this is very harmful. And then someone else pops up going, oh, well, your silence about horses is extremely telling. That's exactly what it's like. That's exactly what Twitter is like at the moment. But, you know, I don't know whether anxious mm. people will get this. I don't know if, if, if everyone does it because I'm an anxious person, so I can only say by what... But, Sometimes I go mm. round my house, my, my, my trundling around doing my work and doing my mm. and doing my, my thing, and I have this nagging sense of unease at the back of my mind. And if I give into it, I think, right now, what is it that I have to worry about? What is it? You know, something has worried me. What is it? And I go through all the things in my life that could be worrying me until I find the particular thing it is that's sort of banging that gong at the time. And I had that all day yesterday. And I was thinking, what the hell is it? If I, you know, I was thinking, if I've forgotten something terrible that's about to happen, like I've invited 300 people to a party and I've forgotten about it or something like that. <laughs> and actually what it was, was Ed. I was worrying oh. about Ed. And I had that horrible, when you know something really awful is going to happen and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And it was the same uneasiness I had with Rob and Helen, except less exaggerated because that was, I nearly had to stop listening then, but you know. And mm. I don't like that. It's bad enough that I have that anyway. I don't want the archers flipping inducing it. it you know, can we can we not have long, <laughs> lots of tension? Let's, you know, if it has to happen, just lay, make it like ripping a plaster off. So the next mm. time I listen, I want Ed to have been either caught or in prison or he woke up and it was all a dream. One or the other. I don't want long, a whole months and months and months of a possible court case hanging over Ed and threats to Emma and everything else because I can't deal with it. Life is miserable enough. Funny you should say what you just said there. But our Fiona uh, from up in Pennsylvania land does say something rather similar about um, storylines, the length of storylines, how you have resolution, maybe partial resolutions, so people do not become weary. She makes exactly mm. that point. Um, so um, that that that's at the end of the show. Well, I but, became weary during the Helen Rob storyline because I couldn't bloody sleep. <laughs> I was up well, after the night worrying. Ooh. That that was an exercise in how to do something right, but how to do mm. something wrong um, at the same time. Uh, that it was an a, an excellent uh, vehicle for for the characters. And in terms of coercive control, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But it did go on too long. And it went on too long because they tried to make it play out in real time. And we don't get that on the Archers for the most part. You know, Elizabeth is coming out of her depression rather quickly. And, mm. you, and you need to truncate things because this is... Uh, you know, you, you use dramatic, dramatic license. And because you've only got 12 minutes... Uh, six days a week to to portray this and you've got to squeeze in literally a hundred characters but mm. with Rob and Helen they decided to absolutely go for it and play it out absolutely in real time and it took over the whole show and and just killed 
us long-standing fans in terms of it just it just knackered us. It knackered us out. However, it completely brought along new fans as well. You know, so hmm. Oh hang on, William's just come in. All What's right. up? I found ten pounds in the blazer. You found ten pounds in your blazer? Yeah. Then that's my ten pounds, surely. <laughs> <laughs> What? You get Dad to give you five pounds. Why don't you have your phone? No, I'm recording, darling. I'm not texting Dad to say give you another fiver to accompany the. Oh, he's gone off to find his phone now. Right. Carry on, right. sorry. Uh, yes. No, well, I'd, I'd, I'd actually just about come to the end of my whole Robin Helen spiel anyway. Uh, but suffice to say, folks, um, this is the type of slick show that you've always wanted because Lucy has made a comment and we have a listener um, going oh, into detail. Oh, I interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was passing over on that, Lucy, I was going to say <laughs> Uh, but then we have a listener at the end of the show talking about narrative structure and storytelling and actually what we want from stories and how it all kind of links back from fairy tales and folk stories actually to the archers. So that's our good old Fiona. Um, right. Uh, we had a bit of Alice last week, didn't we? We did. Hmm. Mm. Should we move on from Alice? All right. So... <laughs> Uh, these bucket list nonsense um oh, over farm sunday liberty what do you well, mean either, liberty? Either, either let the girl speak or stop talking about her it's infuriating that um, i i did you can't like... tell is she is she is she nice and cooking or is she nasty interfering and cooking you know <laughs> you don't know the whole thing the jimmer's party was just a joke um do we find out on Sunday why he legged it from the party, by the way? Nope. Oh, for God's sake. Um, and, yes, the bucket list rubbish. And the crash, you know, Ed runs into Ed runs into Will on a deserted country road and is overheard by Adam and Ian who happen to be swimming in the river. It's just bollocks. It's such nonsense. Mm. Oh, anyway. Yes, it was so, a... To in terms of wobbly storylines, it mm. was horrific this week so two naked men eh, swimming in the river ram and your reaction is bollocks <laughs> well it was like um uh, it's like in room with a view isn't it where they all go leaping around in the in the um in the reeds mm. um how, mu- how many bollocks four bollocks <laughs> well no ed and will were there so they're all bollock both of them so yes, <laughs> <laughs> two enormous bollocks and then four slightly mm. smaller ones i did yes. oh i just thought it was silly this week silly 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 mm. it's a it feels like a holding pattern week though though oh. though that's not quite true because we you know the whole grundy boys thing um things have not been resolved at all but the the heat has been turned up on that cooker on that you know oven ring so to speak mm. so uh so that's oh, kind of something but i must admit Right, it's because I, you know, go about my business as I do, and I don't have a set time to listen to the archers. Do you have a set time? You go right. It's you don't listen to it at seven o'clock, do you? Two minutes past seven. No, I listen to it on a Monday morning before I write the monologue. 
Oh, okay. So you listen to the whole omnibus altogether? Yeah. All right, yeah. smashing. Right. So I can't wait for my archer's fix. So I need a daily dose shot in my ears, right? So, but it's kind of like a bit random and because I move about a bit and stuff. There's never like a, a fixed time and stuff. Uh, but it does mean that every now and then I forget an episode. And I was looking at the BBC notes last week and I was like, I know Ed talked about crashing the van, but like I thought that was just, you know, I didn't know that actually you heard that. And what's all this about Adam and uh, Ian <laughs> sw- swimming nude? So I had to go back. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I've missed 12 minutes of Archer's gold. I'd, I'd not listened to, and it, and it wasn't gold. Hardly gold, really. Yeah, it wasn't not. gold. EPNS wasn't gold. at best. It wasn't gold. Yeah. Though, though I did like... I did like the, the the two brothers interchange and how that how the power dynamic changes. First, it's Will, well, you idiot, and blah blah blah. You were on your mm. phone, you're weaving across the road, and then it kind of swings round when and Ed realizes that Poppy was in the back of the back of the car, mm. or whatever, and what an idiot that Will is, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that, in terms of just the, the writing and um, you know having it sway back towards, was interesting in and of itself. But I must admit, I'm somewhat interested about this gym thing. I I just, I do not believe, however, that you would have a surprise party. All these people turn up, people from Scotland, and you might run out, but you're going to sheepishly turn back up, or turn up again half an hour later, aren't you? You are. It's just like, Jim's a, Jim's a decent human mm. being at the end of the day. Mm. But anyway, so I am interested um, as to what exactly is going on there with that person in the wheelchair. Well, as soon as Jim saw him, he, he just kind of took up. I am interested. I like Jim. I like him a lot. I think, because mm. we're talking a lot, they're talking a lot about Jim getting older now. Mm. So there's a bit of senile wobbliness that's going on. There's a bit of worry about him um, peeing. You know, he seems to be spending inordinate amounts of time in the blue and then saying, I've got to go to the blue again and all that. And I wonder if it's seeing somebody getting old and it's seeing one of his contemporaries in a wheelchair and mm. he can't deal with it. He can't deal with seeing his friends older. Uh, is that it though, Lucy? I've no idea. <laughs> How the bloody hell do I know? <laughs> well, you were pretty spot on about the Shula wanting to become a rev thing. So, you know, I think you've got like oh, some oh, like oh, third that reminds eye. Me, that reminds me. We yes. got told off last I got told off last week. What do you mean we, week. you, you? I'm, I'm, yeah, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm taking no part. Me and my friend I Susan. Say... <laughs> Su- Susan, who, who is uh, a founder member of the We Hate Shula um, uh, anti-fan club, um, said that uh, she left St. Stephen's beca- when they got Janet as a woman vicar. But mm. uh, I had forgotten, and Mike Hatton reminded me, as then did heaps of other people, that... Um, actually, it was Peggy that couldn't deal with a woman vicar, surprise, surprise, and uh, went off to worship somewhere else. Um, and uh, it was Shula that left when um, uh, Alan married Usha. But mm. as Susan said, well, whatever, it still makes her a bloody stinking hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, okay, fair enough. Fair dues. And there was enough similarity in the two storylines to get them to, to get them both confused over a period of years. You know, you're looking mm. back, you know, it's people flouncing off from the church for ridiculous yes, reasons. 
Yeah. And then coming back. Um, Just whilst it's on my brain, you know, the new Blick app, you know, Dum De Dum's Blick app. Yes, 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 yes. You know, know, it is fire, Lucy. It's fire, fire, right? Yeah. Um, There's a new thread, which is quite clever. Though I could see that over time, if you're not careful, it could become a little bit, um, a little bit wearisome. However, first off, Matthew Stone, pretty good. Emoji Omnibus. So it's last week's episode, <laughs> and then he has spoiler alert, <laughs> and it's all. And you look at it, and you're like, "Well, that just about plays out, right?" There's a cow. There's a there's a cake, a couple of champagne glasses. There's a keyboard. Uh, there's a policeman. And that was the archers last week. You know, two blokes holding hands. There's Adam and Ian. It's all there. <laughs> So, yes, and you know what? Genius, 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 right? Even Liberty makes uh, an, uh, an appearance. He's got the Statue of Liberty on it. Statue of Liberty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Matthew Stone, I applaud <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done indeed. Uh, so, Luce, shall we have some caller interaction? Because we don't have that yes. many this week, which is awesome, because it means we can shoot the shit and talk the talk, right? Yeah. Hello, Ambridge3962. All righty. Um, it's a favourite of yours. It's Old Grey Whiskers. Hello, oh. you two. It is Old Grey Whiskers here. Now, I've been a listening to that Archer's thing, and I heard Jimus, <laughs> our Jimus, he was trying to encourage the local Bobby to do some twitching with him. And if that don't get my night in the cells, I don't know what will. <laughs> Anyways, there they was doing the twitching and looking at all the birds... And that should get them locked up too. But anyway, they saw lots of different birds. But one thing they never saw, as far as I could hear, were a bunting. Now, don't you think that would have been just the sort of thing that old Harrisman would have wanted to find? Then again, I heard Alice. Alice with Adam. And he says, what size screwdriver do you want? And she said, a small one. Now, that's not our Alice, is it? Nothing like her. (laughs) Anyway, bye for now. <laughs> but by Mr. Whiskers. I don't know where we're going with this Alice storyline. With mm. the with the is she an alcoholic? Because she now appears to be off it. But we're what? not having any of the very self consciously oh Alice is pissed again type oh. things. But then we haven't had yeah. a party for a while, have we? You mean you mean Alish. Alish. Alice. Alice. Alice Aldridge is really hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Carter, that's a bit easier. So that's why she married him. Because she couldn't sell the soldiers. But isn't that kind of what we want from our ducky drama? That we don't want it all to be neat and pat. And, mm. you know, she's not going to just descend into, you know, alcoholic yeah. oblivion. Um, and then rise up again completely sober in two weeks' exactly. time. Exactly. crack. <laughs> Exactly. You know, it's going to be times when <laughs> she's pretty dry and times when she's not so much. So, uh, so I, so I applaud all of all of that messiness because that is the the stuff of life, Lucy. Stuff of life. Mm. It's not neat and pat. But anyway, thank you for that, Mister Whiskers. Uh, now it's Ash, who's um, I believe this person is an Uber favourite of yours. Hi, it's Ash from Broccoli here again. I just realised this is um, the third time I've called in, so um, I promise you I'll give you a bit of respite in the um, coming weeks and months. Ooh, that's good. Um, 
two things really. <laughs> Firstly, I don't ever recall Shula uh, knocking the church on the head um, due to female ordination. I remember Peggy, but I don't remember Shula. Ah, yes. But yes, obviously, yes. knowing Shula, I can well see her. Oh, oh, crumbs! I pressed the wrong button. Let me get Ash back. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. And yes, this will be in the edit. So yes, all uh, right. So let's from the top, Ashley. Hi, it's Ashley Brockley here again. I just realised this is um, the third time I've called in. So um, I promise you, I'll now. give you a bit of respite. <laughs> um, two things really. Firstly, I don't ever recall Shula uh, knocking the church on the head. Um, due to female ordination. I remember Peggy, but I don't remember Shula. But obviously, knowing Shula, I can well see her um, not feeling happy about that. Anyway, she's been dead to me um, <laughs> since she witnessed Rob Biff that hunt saboteur and then did and said nothing, even when mm. she was asked. And actually, it reminded me a bit of the um, last episode of Chernobyl um, I was watching the other day. I could see Shula there, sat in the dock in that final episode. So, no, not me, Gov. Didn't see nothing. I was on the toilet. And the <laughs> final thing was, um, I know how everyone was disappointed um, about the one-dimensional um, Aunt Camilla character. But as a mm. P.G. Woodhouse aficionado, I was a little bit disappointed, yeah. actually. Um, I would have liked to have heard a bit more of Aunt Camilla, um, trying to get Freddie married off, um, being his dreadful aunt, um, yeah. trying to get him to go out and marry her, some kind of blouse full of nothing and him ending up trying to push a little boy in a pond to try and get out of it and all the shenanigans that would have happened. Um, yeah. Anyway, keep up all the good work and um, I'll speak soon. He's spot on. Mm-mm. Hadn't thought of that. He's definitely not, she's definitely not Aunt Dahlia, but she would very much be Aunt Agatha. Lots of our fans are, um, are PG Woodhouse people. It's very good. And some of them are Marvel people as well. Yeah. Just saying. And they like small worlds. That's very, that's the key thing. Mm. You haven't banged on about Map and Lou cheering forever. I know. Well, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I've joined the society and I'm going to Tilling in September. Really? So you what happens in Tilling that, in September? Well, they have this thing called the Gathering, uh-huh. which is um, where, because uh, Tilling is a fictional village created by E.F. Benson um, and is based on Rye. Mm-hmm. and uh in sussex and um i am going to rye and uh they get uh, people dress up in 1920s costume mm-hmm. and uh you have dinner in one of in one of the the hotels that's mentioned in the the books and um because uh, in tilling if you dress up smart on invitations instead of putting um smart or smart casual or whatever they put you had heightum and tightum and um so Hightum was uh, when you were uh, wearing posh clothes and Titum is um, slightly less uh, less posh. So I think it's Hightum. So we all have to be sort of dinner jacket and stuff. It'll be fun. Huh. Giles Brandreth is going. What more could you want? Really? Why does it come as no surprise that you want to be in an event with, with that gentleman? I don't mind him as it goes. He, he, he's, he's quite he's quite good, but he is of a certain type, isn't he? Like your type. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yes. So, do you reckon he has like groupies and stuff? Charles Randreth. Yeah, because he does that type Give of thing. Over. Oh come on! No, there's going to be some like grey-haired, 
65-year-olds are like, ooh, have a little twinkle in their eye for a, a bit of Giles. No. Do you reckon? Oh, I think you're being a bit harsh. So that's in September, is it? Will you do us an yeah. on-the-spot report from there? Well, I was going to do a sort of walkie-talkie thing if I, if I can. So the answer is yes, then. Yes. And they also tend to tilling people quite often like the archers too. Hmm. All right. Mm. Smashing. Don't know what cool. I'll be doing. There's a thunderstorm here. Really? It keeps, it's rained all day solidly. And now there's lots of sort of rolling. Sounds like someone playing a kettle drum on the roof. So, and I'm in my little wooden hut at the end of the garden. So if there's a flash and a bang in a minute, it'll mean I've blown up <laughs> from the headphones. My, my, my kid's mum lo- loves a thunderstorm. It's, she, I don't know what the heck it is. And I don't think she can quite explain it. But whenever there's a thunderstorm, she has to go to a window and just watch it. And, she, yeah. and she's just transfixed transfixed yeah and just think bloody old woman like you're 49 right not like a three-year-old but she just just loves thunderstorms just loves them and she just stand by the window for like 15 20 minutes it's all over all right okay i don't know if this is a real thing i need somebody sciencey to tell me this but i swear to god this happens before a thunderstorm Mm. i spark everything i get kind of if i could make if i pick up something electrical i fuse it quite often Mm. And if I turn things off and on, they spark and stuff like that. Well, you sound a bit superhero-like. What are you saying? Like the ions around you, uh, you're receptive to their charge or some nonsense. I don't know, but I can definitely tell when there's going to be a thunderstorm. And I do, if I'm going to break something electrical or fuse it, most likely, most often fuse it, I will do it when I turn sort of switches. I turn light, I turn hmm. electric lights on and the bulb goes ping and things like that. It does tend to happen quite you, a lot. You, uh... I don't want to sound. I, is I, that want, just I don't want to say that you sound a bit bonkers, but you're sounding a bit bonkers. Like I, I'm trying. I'm struggling for more compassionate words, Lucy. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> find them right now. I'm like, oh, hmm. Right on that note. Nuts. Right. Yes. Let, let, let's ponder yeah, on fine. that. Let's have a little touch of this. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Angus was very happy to hear that he was in attendance with someone named Cora at Jim's. It's not a party. I'm out of here. Party. By the way, why would Linda have been asked and finally agreed to give a speech honoring someone she has never liked? That made no sense to me. A brief word about Natasha. Some thought she was manic two weeks ago and may have bipolar disorder. I think it's possible, but we don't have enough clinical evidence yet. She may have had a mini depressive episode when she left Tom, followed by a rebound of some manic energy. The script writers are dropping hints, but I'm not sure it yet all adds up. This week, she was calm. Look, Natasha does have good communication skills and seems to be particularly adept at the publicity side of the business world. Keep in mind that there is a higher rate of hypomania in very successful business and political figures. Briefly, I love that one-in-a-million chance scene with William and Ed and Adam and Ian. I really wanted the latter two to come running naked onto the accident. <laughs> See, Royfield, Adam and Ian do have fun together. And then the two dysfunctional brothers metaphorically holding loaded guns up to each other in order to keep their secrets. Law and order, rigid William versus risk-taking Ed. 
both have been showing such poor judgment. But I do think that if William lived with his mother, as Ed does, he would have had a ready-made babysitter for Poppy, as Ed has for Kira and George, which allows him to go out on nighttime excursions while Emma works at the chicken factory. I'll end by noting that this week I marked the one-year anniversary of my heart attack. Time goes by so quickly. I'm healthier than ever and very, very glad to be here among my dumpty-dum friends. Talk to you all soon. Ah, oh, Tara, mate. And uh, well done. Gosh, I can't mm. believe it's a year. Mm. Um, I have to apologize. I, I genuinely, with a spoon's call, sounds like my entire monologue. He didn't hear the monologue and I didn't hear his call. We both did them separately, <laughs> but we both made exactly the same mm. points, I just realized all the way through. <laughs> um, and I tell you, he looks, um, I'm, you, know, you don't want to say that having a heart attack is a good thing. But 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 the Buddhist in me, uh, you are forced to uh, to to look at the positives of, of any situation. And my goodness gracious me, doesn't he look uh, fit, trim, and, and handsome at the moment? Yeah, I know so, he does. Yeah, you know every cloud and all of that, every heart murmur and all of that. Yep. All right, now Lucy, do we have any emails? And do and uh, emails that don't say you got it, you and your mate got it completely not utterly wrong last week, and that it wasn't Shula that left the church because of female ordination. Yes, I do. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Uh, from uh, John, um, mm-hmm. first time emailer in era. Um, He's a civil servant from Bangor in Northern Ireland, and he's been mm-hmm. listening since January 1990, which makes him a Cameron Fraser. He's depressed to realize. Um, but <laughs> he says that was also the year that David and Ruth's house was built. So I think I'd rather be a Brookfield bungalow than a Cameron Fraser. Um, <laughs> he, has, he's, he is defending the honor of St. Shula of the Am. Someone said in this week's podcast that Shula left St. Stephen's when Janet Fisher arrived. I love the way they would say someone said when they all know perfectly well it was me. They're just too polite to say it. Um, suggesting this was a contradiction now that she wanted to be ordained, which both Royfield and Lucy agree with. This is incorrect. It was Peggy who was against women vicars, and she started going to a parish in Borchester when Janet was at St. Stephen's, only returning when Alan came along. In fact, she was good friends with Janet, and I'm fairly sure she was a guest at Janet's wedding when she married Tim Hathaway sometime after Janet had left Ambridge. It was Alan's marriage to Usha that caused Shula, I love the way that they're basically anagrams of each other, to temporarily mm. leave St. Stephen's as she couldn't agree with the Church of England vicar marrying a Hindu, so she started going to Felpsham Cathedral instead, although I don't think we ever heard why she started going to St. Stephen's again, although there must have been some sort of unheard reconciliation with Alan. Hope that clears that one up. I must admit I really like Shula, and it makes me sad to realise that I'm very much in the minority on that one. Oh, and by the way, as my name is John, does that allow me entry into the Order of John Archer? Thanks for yes. the podcast. Keep up the good work. Does it? Yes, it does. What is he? John, John the 10th. The... I'm going to say 10th. Okay. I'm just going to call it. I don't think we ever okay. got into double figures before well, you're you wrong, put you an end to this. will come along and kick you to well, death. absolutely. Feel free to come find me in the Bay Area with your bother boots on and kick hell out of me. But I don't think we ever got into double figures before you put an end to this uh, delicious bit of fun, Lucy. Because you <laughs> do not like fun and you don't like convention and new conventions coming up on the show. And it's just one of your many, many, many failings. So, But I'll I just know. throw that one out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you would like Royfield as, as, yes. you, as, as you are now living in the anarchic US of A, uh, mm-hmm. where things are all quite the dangerous and exciting. West. Uh, exactly. I thought you would like something. 
I read mm-hmm. in the new, my neighbor recommended me this app called next door. And, <coughs> and then I read about it in the New Yorker and they described it as the notoriously paranoid next door app. And uh, in America, it's all, I've seen someone coming up my driveway. I've, uh, you know, <coughs> I have rung the police. I have done. As, 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 as a person of color, that, that mm. app's pretty scary because you get shot. Mm. So I'm just saying. And they do have next door in, in Britain. What? Next door's in Britain. It's not just yeah. American. Oh, okay. All right. Um, anyway, yeah, no, no, because I've saying. got it. Oh, and, right. um, well, of course you would, somebody of your type. Yeah, no, but I'm going to delete it because it's driving me bananas. But <laughs> okay. the police have had to go on it and say, before you post anything in the crime and security bit, could you try mm. reading it through and removing all reference to race and colour then and then see if the activity is still suspicious? Which is wow. just terrifying. You just think people are going, oh, my God, I've seen an Asian. Quick, who do I call? You know, this is Essex. Who do I call? Mm. My God. Anyway, um, but then I came across this little gem that I thought reassured me and I thought you would like it. All right. Uh, from a lady whose name will mm. I shall leave, spare her blushes. It says, as an FYI, we left one of our cars open last night by accident and a hoodlum went through. <laughs> a hoodlum. <laughs> took loose change and various bits and bobs. That was the end of it. That's the end of the security alert. So you look out for hoodlums oh. who are after your bits and bobs. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hoodlum with some loose change. It's him. <laughs> He's him. <laughs> oh, just, just, before, just before I forget, right. So this um, Always Be My Maybe film, which I am a big proponent for. Right. So if you just want to sit down and have a non-threatening, non-controversial, just enjoyable one and a half hours uh, with uh, by yourself or with a loved one or with the kids, because the kids can watch it because it's just nice. There is the mother and father of all reveals in the middle of it. It's rather brilliant. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. So, Luce, go watch it. And the thing is, I, I read this really interesting article about Hollywood um, just before watching this, actually. And the whole point of this article was um, that in, movie, in, in, in cinemas, you don't get middle-ranking films anymore in terms, of, in terms of budget. What you get are indie films and tentpole yeah. blockbusters. Yeah. And, and 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 quite simply, it's because of because of risk. Studios are like, well, if we spend three hundred million dollars on this, we kind of know we're going to create an event and we're going to come, we're going to get our money back. Hence, Avengers Endgame, two billion. Yeah. Whereas those middle ranking films are, let's say, they cost let's say fifty million. Those are actually real hit and miss, which are actually your rom coms. And when Netflix have realized this, they realized this years ago, that Hollywood Mm. isn't putting these types of films out in the cinema, but people still love them. And what they are are incredibly well-crafted human studies. And yes, there is a formula. But, um, and and that's one of the reasons why Netflix has so many of these great, uh, stories, great films, basically on the platform, because Hollywood isn't isn't producing them anymore. It isn't a risk for Netflix, and they know that they put it out. It creates a mini event, and 
not just women, but families sit down with their popcorn and just eat this shit up. And I'm telling you, this is just beautiful. And it's um, set in San Francisco, which is r- rather nice. So it's nice seeing all the things. Oh, yeah, this is exactly where they are. But it's um, these two childhood lovers who then kind of drift. But the reveal in the middle is brilliant. Somebody plays himself and is spectacular. It is incredibly good. Go watch it. Always be my maybe. It's on Netflix. Now, Lucy, shall we have a little break? Yes. You sounded uh, not so sure. Would you like to? Would you like to maybe talk about something else? No. Uh, your no, electricity no, 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 powers. No, thank you. Really? Okay. Yes. All right. I did do a quick Google about humans that can sense um, thunderstorms, <laughs> and, and it, it just said part Dalmatian or something. <laughs> yeah, he basically it said, said put them in a padded cell. Rubbish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But anyway, now we're going to um, have a little bit of our Millie Bell. Good day, everyone. Millie Bell here. Um, I'm going to start with the Flick app this week. Uh, Lots and lots happening on there. There's been uh, great discussion about recommended podcasts, Uh, people giving photographs of their dumpty dogs and mogs, Uh, dumpty dum get-together suggestions, newbies are asking questions, there's a non-artist-related thread, people talking about the Grundies, um, an international pedantry thread, Uh, even the title (laughs) brings joy to my heart. Uh, plot <laughs> predictions read Chris, coercive control, Jim, Tom and Natasha. So if you wish to speak on anything and get a very quick response from people, then you need to get onto our new app. Now, just to remind you that you can start the discussions. You don't have to wait for us. The only problem some people are saying they're having is that they get too many notifications. So you can just turn them off for all of the app and go and look at the app when you want to. Or you can 
just turn them off for particular threads. So you still have uh, quite a bit of control. Uh, on the Facebook page, uh, we had a uh, we had a great week this week. As usual, you're, you're, I, I was fearful that we would lose a lot of people on Facebook because of the app, but it doesn't look that way. And we talked about the Grundy brothers coming, uh, continuing to blackmail each other into desired behaviour, and we wondered whether either of them would resolve their current situations favourably. Janice Betson said, "Ed's only hope is to consult a solicitor." then hand himself over to the police and turn Queen's evidence. But even then, the mob will probably get him or his family. Gillian mm. Corrigan says, though it was quite interesting that Will said that Poppy was the only bit of Nick he had left and he could not lose her, not that he didn't want to lose his daughter. Uh, Catherine Newham said, no, it's all going to go horribly wrong, isn't it? I fear that Ed will borrow Will's van. The van will be spotted by someone. Will gets into trouble at work and possibly loses his job. The tied cottage, custody of Poppy. Meanwhile, Ed has no money from Tim and Ed Emma lose the new house. Then over at Grange Farm, Joe passes away and shortly afterwards, Clary and Eddie are evicted. The result being that all the Grundies are forced to live together in Will's tiny place that he owns <laughs> on the green. There's a lot more in that line of prediction from Catherine Newnham, so go and have a look if you are interested in that. We also had a picture from Peter Mabbott um, that showed uh, the A-Bridge uh, Antiques and Craft Fair, Vehicle Fest, Beer Fest, just showing uh, the same, a similar uh, village life, I guess, to our own dear Ambridge. And then we got talking about uh, our visitor to the village, um, and she wasn't a pantomime villain, which was just lovely. Uh, and the fact that Natasha's plans for Open Farm Sunday were coming together nicely. But we also wondered why Emma wasn't listening to what Ed was telling her. Um, now, I don't quite understand the um, what this refers to, but I'm assuming it's a shop or something down in the UK. And Joe Edwards says, because Emma's been down DFS again and has put a deposit on a puffet too. Um, <laughs> and I haven't heard the word puffet, I, think, I reckon, since the 70s, so that did make me laugh. Um, and Helen James told us that the continuity announcer said that it gets even worse for Ed tomorrow, and of course we know that it did. And Leslie Greaves said it's because she's got her fingers in her ear. La, 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 la. <laughs> just wants her house oh and then i suddenly clicked where i'd heard the voice before and i'm like oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness it's just clicked that there is yet another link between the archers and doctor who because of course that was a joa ando who played martha's mother in Doctor Who, so I was very mm. excited. And a couple of people joined me in that excitement. And Martin Vanden Heuvel said, if only Ada Morian, preferably at the same time, could start a sentence with, oh my goodness, that would be so refreshing. I've never been called refreshing before, so thank you for that, Martin. And we also finished the week with wondering who Jim had seen behind Kiki. Who is that person in the wheelchair? Jeremy Peake said it's the real Jim Lloyd. Jim felt his degree, so he pushed one of his fellow students into an abandoned mine shaft, leaving him for dead, and stole his identity. Wow, that deteriorated quickly, Jeremy. 
And Janice Betson said the person in the wheelchair is the one who turned down Jim for ordination in the Church of England. Contrary to appearances, Jim is not really an atheist, but in his, in his youth wanted to become a priest. <laughs> uh, Joe Edwards said Jim's got to be the reason the mystery person behind Kiki is in the wheelchair. And it's not that he didn't want a party. It's because he doesn't think he deserves one. And after he's tormented himself for several episodes, Shula is going to make him find self-forgiveness through God. As self-serving as ever, she'll see this as her entry-level, recommend a friend, and start licking the stamp on her application for preschool. Dum de dum de dum de dum <laughs> Anyway, lots more predictions. Um, it, look, it was it was a great little thread. I enjoyed it, and we all got a bit silly. So if you would like to join us on on that thread or any other thread please do and we had a snap from Witherspoon who has um, a very nice photograph of two men who are swimming with not a lot of clothing on so thank you for that Witherspoon (laughs) and he wondered if other people had ever been skinny dipping I can assure you I never have because I don't want to frighten the horses but apparently lots of people have and in very exotic places Will Ramsey said he was trying to understand exactly what Ed is doing. Um, he posted out up that he's sold Ag Chem man and boy since 1987. Yes, there are counterfeit products around, but delivered in the middle of the night, I think they're chemicals for a meth lab or similar. So a discussion started on that. And I'm going to finish off with uh, another post from Witherspoon who says, Come one and all. A dumpty dum pride in NYC meetup with Royfield with a spoon, Angus Haggis and the gang. So that's going to be on Friday, June 28th, starting at 8 p.m. at Norwood Club, if you'd like to come, which is on 241 West 14th Street. Um, you can join with a spoon at the Gay Doctors Party. And um, then they're going to have a group dinner at 9 p.m. And somebody has to put their hand up to bring the bunting. So I think (laughs) on that brilliant note, I'm going to leave you all. And until I speak to you again, having left you in the very capable hands of my good friend, Yokel Bear, I say to you, hooroo. Hooroo. Toodle bit, toodle bit. When's the last time you went skinny dipping, Liz? I was just thinking. uh, I did when I was 19. Mm. And who with? On my own, in oh. an olive grove in Italy, a river in Italy, in an Italian olive grove. Um, and uh, uh, in the pool where we go in Greece, I do. I think so. I think Does so. That count? But, um, I've never done it. I'm not a great swimmer. What about you? I, I hate to play up racial stereotypes, but it's one which is kind of true. Um, and considering that my folks all come from Ireland and, uh, you know, you'd think that West Indians would be expert swimmers, but we kind of aren't, right? And, uh, but one of the, it's one of the little regrets of my life. It's hardly the biggest, but, and I was walking home and I'm like, I'm like 14, 15, 15. And, you know, you're on holiday and it's not like America. So you can, you can walk into a bar and, you know, you can, you can have a little bit of a drink and stuff. And I'm, and I'm walking home. And I get talking to this woman and she is a woman and she's a school teacher. She's utterly gorgeous. Remember she had this long, dark, wavy hair. And uh, she says, oh, where are you from? From Birmingham. And we're we're chatting away and stuff. And she says, she's going to go skinny dipping. Do I want to (laughs) come? Luce, I'm 15. She's a school teacher. (laughs) You know, she said, how old am I? And I lied and said 19. Every Aww. every instinct in my teenage yeah. body was like, oh, okay, yeah. we're going skinny dipping. But my brain just yeah. said, 
I can't control this situation. I, I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> as much, this is a woman. I'm a boy. I need to walk home. Yeah. And, and she said, are you sure? Because and anyway, I'm, a- I'm missing swap shop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She said, and it's I never- Jack in a minute, but I can't, I can't wait any longer. <laughs> I never forget that come hither look she gave me. She says, well, I'm going now Glenn. and I'm going to take my clothes off. Are you sure? And I went, <gasps> you're all right. I'm going home to mum and dad. You know, I'm going- <laughs> she's got me tea on. <laughs> And and as and as you do when you're on a two week holiday to real, um, yeah, I walk past that spot at that time like three other times, hoping oh. to see her, then to you know to take off the undercrackers and then what to join. What the hell her. did you find to do in real for two weeks? Well, you know what? As soon as I said two weeks, I'm probably over egging the pudding. It's probably only one week, but uh, two hours you probably done everything, <laughs> and that's but, including the skinny dipping. But you know, listen, as a teenage boy, that place is utterly fascinating. Would I want to go back there now? Absolutely not. No offence to North Wales and to Rill, right? But um, it, it was... I love North Wales, but Rill is a different proposition. Yeah, it, it's not exactly, uh, you know, um, Costa, the Costa Brava, is yeah. it? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Miami. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, God, how old are you? I just lied through my teeth, Lucy. What do you do? I'm a school teacher. I'm thinking, yeah, you should be teaching me. I'm taking your bloody bar yeah. and knickers off. I got, got out of there as fast as I could. Much to, my, much to my regret later on in life. Anyway, oh, wistful time when I could have gone skinny dipping. Anyway, mirror headlines, Lucy. We need to start wrapping this show up because we've got okay. a list, a whole bloody plethora of people we need to thank for writing reviews. So as you are. Okay, well, actually, there's two. I couldn't decide, so I put both of them in. All right. You ready? Braced. Woman who married 300-year-old pirate ghost needed exorcism after violent breakup. What? (laughs) Do you need that one again? Yes, please. Woman who married 300-year-old pirate ghost Mm -hmm. needed exorcism after violent breakup. (laughs) Okay? Now, this one, it's less surreal... But it kind of tells you something about the intellect of the people that are featured in the mirror and mm. possibly write the mirror. I don't know. Parents slam Jurassic Park event after 18 foot dinosaur was, quote, man in costume, unquote. <laughs> what? What were they expecting? A real one? <laughs> oh, dear. Awesome. Oh, uh, now, do you want to of the week? Yes, please. Okay, Jasper Barry. Mm-hmm. Shula should speak martyrdom. We will all help. Judy Astley. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite good. Well done. Are you sure Judy that's not Tweet of the said, Week, Lucy? Are you doing this in reverse order? No, that's not Tweet of the Week. Oh, my uh, gosh. Judy Astley said, that first-class degree in engineering wasn't wasted at all if you count poking goldfish poo out of a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> That is actually what she was doing, isn't it? Um, uh, Matt Underwood. It's a strange contradiction with Creepy Phil that he is both extremely boring and a serial killer. Uh, Neil Wallington (laughs) said, Your dream home is coming, Emma. Assuming that your dream home is a small room in HMP Borchester. (laughs) Stop it! And Bob Hawkins. This was the fancy dress party. Mm. uh, The Cuban-themed fancy dress party. 
Um, Tom is going as the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> I salute you, sir. Thank you, Bob. I salute you, Mr. <laughs> Hawkins. Uh, well done. So we've done that. Uh, so now it's time for me to say dum dum com go that's got shops got some other things there as well it's got the past episodes of dum dum which is something which i never actually say so there's you know it's not just the shop but if you want to go back to the back catalogue of lucy's excellent monologues me fluffing every other line that i'm supposed to supposed to say um go to dumdum.com you can do that and you can also then comment on said shows uh and another thing which i will say and you know what loose we don't big this person what? up enough, right? But there is somebody who beavers away on Dumpty Dum. He asks for no reward. He asks for, he doesn't want the limelight, but he's just there. Is it Derek? No. Derek does want the limelight, though. Let's exactly. Yeah, he, mm. he, he's got issues, that Derek. Right, no. This person has no issues at all. It's Cosmo. Have you read his podcast, Roundup? Yes. They're so funny. Yes. I know, they're brilliant. Cosmo, just like, you're wasted as an accountant. You really were. I'm sure you're very good as an accountant. It's Don't not get anymore. Me wrong. He's a professional traveller. It's like well, Peter Ustinov. He just goes wandering around the world. Oh, you know, when I was like 10, I wanted to be Peter Ustinov. Oh, just like... Everyone wanted to be Peter Ustinov. Really? Well, when you're 10... You, everyone just tells you to shut up all the time. And Peter Ustinov <laughs> told rambling stories and everyone was just quiet till he finished and then laughed and applauded. So every 10-year-old wanted to be Peter Ustinov. That is true. he used to go on Wogan at seven o'clock and you'd well, watch him on Wogan. He'd be really funny. I'm Parky. That's when I, me and my mum fell in love with him. Uh, yeah, him on Parky. I wasn't allowed up that late. Yeah. Were you not? No. Mm. Well, no, that sat- Saturday night, no school the next day. You can stop up for Parky. Oh, my mum used to love a bit of Parky. I always remember on Parky, it was Muhammad Ali and Peter Ustinov. Those were the ones. And they came, well, went on numerous times and stuff. But yeah, anyway, mm. so dumdydum.com, folks, go there and, um, and go, go and read uh, Cosmo's podcast roundups because they don't half make you laugh. You know, they are very good. Sometimes, it, 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 and it goes off on, on tangents. It's not so much actually about what, we, what we're talking about, Lucy. But I applaud you for that, sir, because uh, you make it sound much more entertaining than the podcast actually is. So well done, Mr. Cosmo. And hopefully we get to see you in Birmingham on November the 9th. I think there should be a special Cosmo Award for something or another. Yes. Right. For the best Cosmo. One yes. by Cosmo. One exactly. Cosmo. Um, mm-hmm. should, do you want me to read off this big list of people? Yes, please. And just before just Lucy... Just starting from now, just go? Uh, yeah, but let, let me let me queue, it, queue you up. Uh, so this is... I've been saying for the last, I don't know how many weeks, three weeks, four weeks, that we're going to thank people that have written us reviews on Apple Podcasts. And Apple Podcasts is important, folks, because um, when you go on there and you write us a review, it means that we go up this kind of algorithm chart and more people then can get to hear about... Uh, the podcast, which, you know what, Lucy, we need now, because now the BBC have decided to try and gazump us. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. we're the BBC. You yeah. know, we are the Archers. Yeah. We're going to do our own podcast. You know, forgetting that the little man, you know, railing against the system has been doing it for five years. So this is the time, I folks. think they'll find we are the Archers, actually. Act. Thank you. Thank you. I feel I'm being crushed by the corporation. 
you know I, this is just not good so yes i had a corporate behemoth exactly so if you want to shake your fist at the corporate system and uh, you just want to help uh, little lucy and i why don't you go into apple podcast and write a review now these people in the last, I don't know, six months, five months, four months, something like that. I'm going to say four, three to four months of written us a review. And Lucy is going to read out the list. Alderman Scroggin, Ali Sav 1 and 1066, Archer's Fan in the Closet, B12 Simon, Ray, Blue Machiavelli, Bouncer's Dream, Carly Early, Chief Redwine, Children Happy, Crochet Miriam, Dan Munchkin Man, Feex B65, Hello, Florentine Gold, Floss Loss, Gregles, Great Big Show Off, mm-hmm. Hiker 13, I don't know, Inner Reality, Joshua B. Yoda, Cattiness, Claddy B2432, Kay Schrode, Legolas, Manesk, Mr. Fixer at 64, Mumbway, Monster Cell Girl, Musical Suit, Nag 1954, Nanny Susan, P. Johns, Potter Abroad, 73, regular listener 52, Rev Rob UK, Rising Strong, Rosie Porty, Sarah Jean 0612, Saudi Sarah, Sue 16, Text Pistol 89, Tired New Mama, VECB1, Veza P, and We Jamie. Thank you for your reviews and thank you for your kind, kind, kind comments. Uh, because some of you said some really lovely and heartwarming things. Yeah, uh, just that... reading them now. Oh, yeah. So, so thank you for being so so wonderful, and thank you for taking the time to go on to Apple iTunes to write us those reviews because they do mean a lot and they do help the show. And of course, folks, there is Patreon, as uh, Mister Old Grey Whiskers said at the start of the show. That um, if you go on to Patreon.com, you can help support the podcast by giving us two dollars per show. And if you are a Patreon. Uh, last week, you got an interview uh, with me and Susie Rids, who plays um, our Tracy Horribin. And I must admit, I do love uh, speaking to Susie. I think it's like the third or the fourth time that um, I've interviewed her. And guess what, Luce? She's going to be coming on November the 9th. She says, I'm there, Roy. Oh, brilliant. I'm there. Right. She's actually a Brummie, so she, she can come up and see family and stuff. But she says, there with knobs on with bells on and all sorts and i love dum de dum and yes don't you don't have to ask me twice so uh tracy horribin will be at the dum de dum awards folks on november the 9th in brummagem so um if you haven't set a little place on your calendar on your diary you should do so now because you don't want to fuck yourself up by not being able to come because you're double booked with some nonsense <laughs> of a family occasion when actually you really want to be. Yeah. yeah, I know. You know, just just like sort it out and tell your people you're going to be there. End of. Right, so that's that. So now, um, this show came out of Twitter. Long-time listeners know this. And you can find uh, myself and our Lucy. Well, <laughs> Lucy, we need to update this little bit of the script. You yeah. can find Yokel right Bear. Now. You can find yeah. Yokel Bear at Dumdy Dum. And Lucy can be found at Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found just retweeting nice stuff um, at Royfield. And of course, there yes. is Facebook. If you want to join in with Millie Bell and Yokel Bear and Witherspoon and have the saturday non-archers posts and all of that kind of stuff um go on facebook type in dummy dumb and you can do that 
because that's happening on yeah. Facebook if you type in Dumpty Dum. And Royfield can be found at Rufty Tufty Royfield. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Or is I'm that re- just your grinder name? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Lucy? Right? I really <laughs> think that you have a problem with men who, you know, don't display in totally <laughs> heteronormative ways. Right. <laughs> I'm quite happy in, you know, in my personality, in my sexuality and whatever. And I'm really sorry that, you know, I've got to be some kind of like truck driver or some kind of hairy man <laughs> to to make you happy to co-host with. Right. I like rom-coms. I'm sorry, Royfield. I like superheroes. <laughs> right. And I'm rufty and tufty. Right. And with, on, on that note... <laughs> I'm now, um, sorry, walking into the living room, and you'll notice that the acoustics have changed somewhat because. Um, I say you sound like David Attenborough now. Do I? I'm walking into the sitting room. Yes, I'm in the sitting room. I'm plugging into the laptop, the power supply, because we only have three percent left, and we have Fiona and her ending of the show. So before. Um, we actually pressed the button on that, Lucy. Is there anything you'd like to say to our thousands of listeners on planet Earth? Is there a joke, an anecdote, something you'd like to share so they can feel that they know you? Oh, God. Sure, they don't want to. No, not I can't think of all. anything. They're like, oh, I feel like Lucy's my best friend. Blah, 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 blah. When, how's the cold? Why do they say it in that miserable way? That's not very nice. I wish she wasn't. I wish she'd leave me alone. Bloody hell. How's the coal man? What was his name? Um, yeah, Dimitri mean, or something. It's summer, you dirt brain. Oh, I don't bloody know. Well, you don't have coal fires in the summer, do you? All right. You? Okay, Lucy, I'm just making now, conversation. So I could well have one. I'm just making conversation. Okay, then. Right. When's the last time you had a muscly delivery man uh, come into your house? Because, you, you know, you, oh, that's the way you like none. your men. You don't none. like your men none. cerebral, all do I've you? Got is, all I've got and <laughs> it's the, an emotionally it's the complicated... delivery man who's got a long white ponytail, which Ooh. is not what... Yes. Oh, I was I went to Suffolk this week. Okay. And um, I uh, met a very nice. Well, she was. I didn't meet her. She was on the checkout at the shop where I was in, and um, all of the staff. She's a very old lady from Suffolk, and um, all of the staff were properly slagging off a customer that had just left. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, <laughs> at the end of the conversation, they were all saying, "Andy did this. Andy did that." And then she turned to me, I don't know why she told me, because I didn't know who he was from Adam. I'd never been to this shop before. She suddenly went, Andy's wearing, Andy's, no, <laughs> Andy's been wearing that jacket for 10 years, she said. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I had no idea. And I went, ooh, because I sort of made a non-committal noise. Mm. And then somehow, and God knows how this happened, we started talking about Amsterdam. I don't know why. And uh, <laughs> she said, I have not been to Amsterdam. She said, to be honest, I get a bit edgy when I get out of Suffolk. <laughs> and she said, and she said, I've never been, I've never been one for abroad. I'm just not like that. So I said, what? You haven't, you've never been abroad? No, I like Suffolk. She said, and that was it. She'd never left Suffolk. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good one. So I suppose if you've never lived, leave, left Suffolk, then 
you have the sort of time where you can monitor how long your customers have been wearing their jackets. <laughs> Lesser. <laughs> it's very nice, though. Right. You know, I knew yes. you were going to come up with some gold. And gold you came up with. All right. Now, this is somewhat special and golden, too. It's our Fiona. And uh, she's a little bit of a storyteller. And here are some of her thoughts and musings on storytelling and the arches. Hello, fellow Dumpty Dummers. Fiona the Folklorist here. For the past several weeks, I've been hearing murmurings, notably from Roy Field and Lucy a few weeks ago, but from other people as well, concerning the likely fate of Ed and Emma Grundy, as well as concerns about where on earth some of the various storylines are heading and if they'll ever have resolution. And it got me thinking. As a tradition bearer of some 30-plus years, following the track of a story is something I'm more than a little familiar with. Every good folktale, if not every good story, has recognisable protagonists. Some examples might include a villain, a hero, a shapeshifter, a wise mother figure. Those are just some of many, many examples. For each protagonist, in order for the story to really satisfy us, the outcomes need to be predictable. The villains must be foiled. The mother figure's advice must be heeded. We can probably all place all of the archer's characters into traditional folk tale roles, even though their roles may change or evolve over the years. Justin, who always reminds me of a fox, is a sly villain. Helen is a self-absorbed princess for whom nothing will ever go quite right until she discovers the error of her ways. Susan is a trickster. Joe, soon alas of blessed memory, is the perfect fool. We have gasped and we have laughed at his antics, but oh, how we love him. Ultimately, you know, no real harm can come to the fool. And then there is the hapless or inadvertent hero. This is a character who doesn't begin as a hero. In fact, he often starts out as a village idiot. But somehow, he learns his lessons along the way and stumbles into heroic mode because his heart is pure. I've always thought of Ed Grundy as a hapless hero. Oh, he's made mistakes, and yes, they're of his own doing. But deep inside, he's a really worthy human being. Some time ago, Royfield commented that he thought that the stories can't have closure because The Archers is an ongoing story. But all good storytellers know that in longer sagas, one must have moments of resolution along the way. Otherwise, the audience is in danger of becoming really tired from the constant tension of unresolved storylines. And these resolutions must show justice. Or, to quote a four-year-old, just is. (laughs) I often work with very young children at preschools teaching them stories. And a while ago, a very young, modern teacher kept objecting to every story I told. She doesn't like wolves getting cut open and children should never be lost in the forest. And when we got round to the three little pigs, oh my, two of the pigs were going to get gobbled up and that was just too much for her. You know... I nearly complied. I try not to upset young modern teachers, but I was surprised when it was the children who objected to her plans of every pig surviving. And one vehement four-year-old 
said to his teacher, but the stupid pigs must get eaten because it's a story. <laughs> and in a story, you've got to have just is. And he's right. You've got to have just is. Brian being punished may have been just is or justice, but the redeemed mother figure of Jennifer losing her home, was that justice? I've had a lot of people mention on social media recently that they are temporarily weary of the archers, and I'm not in the least bit surprised. We're not having enough justice, and we're not having enough resolutions to the stories. How could the scriptwriters solve this? Give us resolutions. For example, Ed Grundy. He is a hapless hero. He needs to get a mini reward. The house will do. And then we'll be able to move forward with the saga that we love. And Royfield, I did smile when you equated the bunting with Thor's hammer from The Avengers The Endgame. The bunting may well be our Excalibur. And I have to ask myself, now which hero will be able to find every last piece of the bunting and return it in purity to the castle village hall. Isn't that lovely? Mmm. Mm. Very. Thank you, Fiona. All right. Uh, Thank you. Uh, that's it, me. I'll, I'm done. I'm out of here. I don't know about you. If you want to continue with this podcast, you can, but I'm, I'm logging off. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm done. All right, cool. All right, tatty bye, everybody. See you all again. Same time, same bat channel. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.